Thank hand as they come. We're going to turn over to Brother Oliver. God bless Brother Oliver. God bless him. Praise the Lord. It's all yours. God Appreciate you, Brother Oliver. Praise the Lord. Isn't God good? I have had a wonderful time here with you already. Jesus is so good. And what a wonderful message we heard this morning about heaven. I want to tell you, I'm not the brightest man in the world, but all my brain cells were firing about things about heaven and, and other things that could be added to that message. You could, you could speak that for weeks and weeks on end and really reach people with the topic of heaven. What a wonderful topic. We are so happy to be here with you. We had a little difficulty getting here. But thank the Lord, we are here now, and we are just amazed at what God's going to do. Give Jesus a hand clap of praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And didn't the kids do a wonderful job? Give them a hand clap, too. They did so good. So good. Well, we want to bless you today. We've been here before, but it's been a while and uh, we had a wonderful time the last time, and I know we're going to have a great time today. How many of you love Jesus this morning? Can you raise your hand? Isn't he wonderful? He is so good. I just love the Lord with all my heart. And I tell you what, I'm ready to go to heaven. I am ready to go to heaven. Oh, take this world, but give me Jesus, I tell you. We are going to have some fun today. We brought a little bit of prop up here, and Sister Oliver is going to tell you about that. But I want to um, help you just a little bit if I can. And I need the kids' help. Who wants to help me? Can you raise your hand if you want to help? You want to help? Great. And I even see some adult kids raising their hands. That's good. I want to remind you that we're all children of God. So find that child inside of you today, and we're going to have a good time, okay? But what I'd like to do, I'd like for the younger kids, even up to the age of, mm, let's just say, 13. Can you stand to your feet just for a minute? Can you stand to your feet just for a minute? Very good. What a good-looking group. Give them a hand. That's good. Because I want you to do a couple of things for me. Can you do that? First of all, can you clap your hands real loud? Can you clap your hands real loud? Wow, that's great. And can you do this? Can you yell hallelujah? That's great. And you know what? I see everybody doing that. And here's another one. Can you raise your hands up and wave them for Jesus? That's great. That's great. Now, here's a, here's a tricky one. Can you spin around like this once? Look at that. Aren't they doing great? Okay, you can be seated. Now, I did that for a reason, and I appreciate you doing that for me. I appreciate you doing that for me. Because sometimes it's better to be obedient and do what you're asked to do than just doing what you feel like doing, okay? Maybe even some of the older kids thought, oh, this is pretty silly. And you know what? Maybe the spinning around was, okay? But if you did that for me, 
don't you think you could even do better for Jesus? Because Jesus is going to take you to heaven someday. And you know what? I can take you a lot of places in the world. I really can't afford to do that. But I sure can't take you to heaven. If you follow Mike Oliver, Mike Oliver can't get you to heaven. Only Jesus can. Okay? And I might tell you some good things that will help you get to heaven. But I can't get you to heaven. It has to be you and Jesus. So when you're hearing something that's really good, you know what it's a good thing to say? Amen. Can you say amen? Amen. And if you hear something that's really good, you know another thing you can say? Hallelujah. Say hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, you can do that for Jesus. Now, you used your voice just a minute ago to say amen and hallelujah, right? Now, when we pray, how come when we pray, we pray like this? Or maybe we'll pray like this. Dear Jesus, I love you and I praise your name. We either don't move our mouth or we whisper. Now, if I whisper to you, it's because I don't want anybody to hear it other than you. You know that? So when I whisper to you, it's almost like me and you are keeping a secret, right? Now, when we talk to Jesus, do we want to keep a secret that we love Jesus? No, it shouldn't be a secret that we love Jesus. And if we're only whispering to Jesus, the devil's saying, they don't really love Jesus. They don't want to let anybody know that they love Jesus. So when we pray, especially when we get together right now, we should use a loud voice when we talk to Jesus. Give Jesus a great big hand clap of praise. And let me help you with one other thing, okay? When you pray, you can say anything to Jesus. And one of the great things is this. Jesus, please forgive me of my sins. Jesus, if there's anything wrong in my heart, please forgive me. And you know what that does? It makes it so you can come to Jesus completely clean. And you might say, well, if I say with a loud voice, Jesus, please forgive me of my sins, people are going to look at me and say, He must have sinned. And you know what the Bible says about that? He that is without sin casts the first stone. And you know why Jesus said that? Because if you think that you don't have something wrong in your life, if you're too proud to say, I may have something that's not good in my life, like maybe a man might have a temper. Okay, maybe a woman might like to shop too much. I'm just kidding. But you see what I'm saying? We shouldn't care what anybody else thinks when we pray. 
we should care what Jesus thinks. So if I say, Jesus, forgive me of anything wrong in my life, I don't want you to think bad at me. I'm getting close to Jesus. And I don't want anything to keep me from going to heaven. I want to be with Jesus. Give him another hand clap of praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, I told you all that for a reason. Because what we're going to do right now is go through four steps of worship. And with these four steps of worship, you get to talk to Jesus. You get to feel Jesus today. And if you do these four steps of worship with all of your heart, the best that you possibly can, I can guarantee you something. You are going to feel Jesus. It's as simple as that. I don't care if it's your first time here. You're going to feel Jesus. If you do these with all of your heart, the best that you can. And if you want to go to heaven someday, you have to feel Jesus. You have to talk to Jesus. So we're in church on a Sunday morning. What better place to talk to Jesus? And if you came for any other reason other than to feel Jesus, I want to tell you something. You came for the wrong reason. This is not a social club, even though we love to have you here. But we want you to feel Jesus. So today, I'm going to ask each and every child of God to do these four steps of worship with me today. So kids, I want you to sit with your back against the back of your seat, with your legs hanging down. If you have anything in your hands, even if it's your Bible, please put it beside you because we're going to need our hands in just a minute. Oh, I almost forgot to tell you something. We have something for you after church for all the children of God And I'm going to be right outside this door. And we also have a table set up back over there where we are going to be selling a book that Sister Oliver has written. It is a great book. And if you love reading great books, you're going to want to get that. If we do run out of them, we'll take your address and we will mail it to you. But... We have a surprise for everyone. So if you go out any other door other than that one, I'm not sure which way it goes to the parking lot, uh, you may miss your treat. So you guys like treats? Yeah. Okay. Now to get to the very best treat, we're going to feel Jesus. Okay? Okay. The very first step that Jesus wants you to do is just to close your eyes for him. So kids, you should have your back against the back of your seat with your legs hanging down and your eyes closed for Jesus. Now the reason why we do this is so that we can shut everything out of our minds right now except for Jesus. Jesus, when he came to this earth, he gave it his best for you. And he succeeded. And today he wants you to give him your best. 
So your best right now should be having your eyes closed and thinking only about Jesus. What I like to do when I think about Jesus and how much he loves me, I like to remember the price that he paid for my salvation. Jesus died on a cross so that you could be in heaven with him someday. And he paid the price for all your sins. Jesus said, I'll let them pound those great big long nails into my hands because I love you. And I'll let them even spit on me and call me names. I don't care. I'm doing this for you. And when they put that crown of thorns on Jesus' head, I know it hurts so bad. But Jesus said, it doesn't make any difference. I'm doing this for you. So keep that picture in your mind today. See Jesus where he's been nailed to the cross. See the crown of thorns on his head. And I want you to look into his eyes right now. Because you don't see pain in his eyes. All you see is love for you. He loves you so much. Keep your eyes closed for Jesus today. The second step in the steps of worship is just to lift your face just a little bit so that Jesus can see that beautiful face that he created, that face he loves so much. And he can see right into your heart to see if you really mean these four steps of worship. The devil would like you to hang your head in shame. But today, Jesus wants you to lift your face towards heaven, the direction he wants you to go. The third step in the steps of worship is just to raise both of your hands for Jesus, to reach out to him. Ask him to hold your hand to give you strength. Ask him to hold your hand to give you peace and all the fear All your weakness will soon pass away because Jesus can supply all your needs. And the fourth step, this is the most important step, and we talked about this already, using a loud voice for Jesus. Don't worry about what anybody else beside you is going to think about your prayers. You can say anything to Jesus. So let's use our loud voices right now and talk to Jesus. I love you, Jesus, and I praise your name. I worship you, Lord, with all my heart. How great you are. How wonderful you are, Jesus. Be with us here today, Lord, in a mighty way. Touch each and every person, Lord. You hear our loud voices. We are not ashamed of you. We love you, Jesus. And we want to be in heaven with you, Jesus. Help us, Lord, to be strong. Help us, Lord, to be mighty in your name. Oh, we need you so much in our lives. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Clap your hands to the Lord today. Give him high praise. Shout with a voice of triumph today. Oh, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 The Bible says when we worship him, 
He comes in to inhabit our praise, to be in the middle of our praise. That's what we were created for, is to praise him. If we don't do that, we're not doing what we were created to do. He loves our praise. You did a wonderful job with those four steps of worship. Across this building, we have watched for the last 25 years, it'll be 25 years in April, across 46 states and five foreign countries, people do those four steps of worship. We do them every service. We have watched the Holy Ghost fall in Paris, France. Ten people received the Holy Ghost while they were doing the steps of worship before the word had ever been preached. Hallelujah. Because if we really worship him, he comes in. And he walks right by us and he touches us. He only touches us if we reach out. He's a perfect gentleman. He won't touch you if you don't want to be touched. And so you did a wonderful job and we'll do those again in the altar at the very end and touch Jesus again before we leave. Thank you so very much for receiving us again. This is Brother Oliver's second time here. It is my third. I was here the last time after a ladies' conference. And so it's wonderful to be back with you again. We love you. We've come to bless you today any way that we can. This is Holy Ghost Sunday. If anyone needs the baptism of the Holy Ghost, today is your day. Don't leave without it because Jesus is coming. If you've not been baptized in Jesus' name, today's your day. Quit putting it off because Jesus is coming. Again, we're just so very thankful for the invitation. Brother and Sister French, thank you. Brother French, Ryan French, thank you. I don't know how this church got blessed to have the leadership that is in this church. There is just nobody like Brother and Sister Cole. The bishop. I've stayed in their home. They have blessed me so very much over the years. I love these folks. Brother and Sister Latta, I'm an older woman now, but I've known you since I was a little girl. How's that work? You are eternal. <laughs> You're eternal on this earth. You used to come to our church when I was a little girl as a missionary, and the tears would roll off my cheeks as you gave your presentation. I am so thankful. I am so thankful for the pioneers. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And today, I feel very insignificant speaking to you in light of all of these great ministries that are here. But God has allowed it, and so I submit myself today to my dear sweet husband, my best friend, and to the ministry here today. I'm going to step into your anointing today. It's going to be really easy for me because of the great anointing that is here. I never want to speak without going to the Word of God because it's the Word that's anointed. I have tried it, and it never fails. You can read a scripture and give an altar call, and people get the Holy Ghost. Because the word is anointed. Will you turn in your Bibles as you stand in honor to the word? I know you're all settled in, but we don't need to get settled in. We need to get stirred up. 
Will you turn to Acts chapter 2? My favorite book is the book of Acts. My favorite book in the Bible. Because you can know all of the rest of it. And if you don't know the book of Acts, you won't make heaven. It's the book of salvation. The gift of the Holy Ghost had just been poured out for the very first time. People spoke with other tongues when Jesus moved in their heart the very first time. And people started asking questions about it. And there was a preacher there, and his name was Peter. And Peter began to answer their questions. In verse 38, then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. He told them what to do to be saved. He told them what to do to receive what others were talking about. Verse 39 says, For the promise is unto all of you and to your children. You hear that, kids? It's for you. It's right here in the Bible. And to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Far off as in lands and places. I've seen hundreds in an orphanage in Uganda with their hands lifted speaking with other tongues. I've seen 36 in one service in Paris, France with their hands lifted receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. In Guam, Panape, Saipan, Koshai. We just got back last Wednesday from Canberra and Sydney, Australia, where Jesus filled 47 with the gift of the Holy Ghost. He's pouring out his spirit upon all flesh. But not only does it talk about lands, it also means in the generations. Afar off. Until Jesus comes, people are going to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Why not you? Hallelujah. Why not your neighbor, your co-worker? Hallelujah. And one more scripture in the book of John. If you will turn to John chapter 3. Reading one verse goes with that chapter, so you might want to read the whole thing later. 3 and 5 says, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. You must be born of water and of the Spirit, or you won't go to heaven. Today, for your hearing, I'm going to tell you a story, and this is the good part. I'm going to start the story this morning, so it won't be too long, and I'm going to finish it tonight, part one and part two. So if you only come on Sunday morning, you better clear out your schedule for tonight, or you're going to miss part two. And Jesus is going to pour out his spirit on all of us, both services. Turn to your neighbor and say, this is going to be fun. And you may be seated. I'm going to try to come down here where I can see you better and where I can point to the things that I have up here for you to look at. I'm going to talk to you today about this subject. You must have A ticket. You must have a ticket. Now, when I was born, 
I was born into a family that already had two beautiful daughters, six and 12 years old. My parents were older. My mom was 40. My father was 47, middle age. And they had decided there would not be any more children. They shook hands with my sister who was six and said, you're the baby. You're the caboose. There won't be any more. Don't ever do that. Because then there was a surprise, an oops. You're looking at her. Daughter number three came along. Surprise. And I had two sisters that were princesses. They were quiet. They were easy to raise. And then I came into the world with ADHD before they knew what it was. They didn't have pills. They just set me down real hard. They disciplined me. That's why I know how to tell children to put your back up against the back of the seat and take your little hands that Jesus gave you and hook them together in your lap. That's why he made your fingers loose like that so they'd hook together. And that's why I tell you to put your feet down because this is God's furniture you're sitting on. You're sitting on God's couches. We don't put our feet on God's couches. And and that's why I tell you then, use your self-control and don't talk while somebody else is talking. Whoever has this is the one talking. So you be real quiet. And we don't get up and go out during church. We use the restroom before church and then we stay in here until it's over. Because your teacher doesn't let you get up and run in and out of school. I learned all those things. It's called self-control. I didn't want to learn them. They made me learn them. And so there I was. I was daughter number three. We were all six years apart. And so everywhere we went, we went as a family. And my sisters were always mean to me. My older sister said, we never wanted you. Mom and dad found you on a log in the backyard. I believed it for a very long time. She would tell me, they're going to give you away one day. They've been talking about it. They're trying to find you a home. And so I was, I was trying my best to be really good because I didn't want them to give me away. I wanted them to keep me. And one wonderful day, a Saturday, my dad woke me up. He said, I want you to get up and get dressed and we're going to have some breakfast. And you and I are going to spend the day together. Just me and you, Dad. My dad worked all the time. He had to work two jobs to support the family. My mom stayed home with us girls, and so we didn't see our dad a lot. He worked all day, and then he went to a filling station and ran a wrecker at night, picking up cars that were broken down. And and he'd come in at 10 o'clock at night, and some nights my mom would let me stay up just so I could give my dad a hug because he was working all the time. I couldn't believe it. Just a Saturday and just me and you, and I don't have to take my ugly step. I mean, my nice sister's with me. (laughs) Just me and you, baby. Oh, I was so excited. I I got up and got dressed real quick and went and ate breakfast. And and I said, Daddy, where are we going to go? Oh, it's a surprise. It's a surprise. We got in the car and we started driving and and I didn't know where we were going. And, you know, we always pass by these little carnivals they set up with rides. Anybody ever see those rides? Those are very dangerous. (laughs) They move them from place to place. They probably don't even tighten the bolts. 
and I always begged, but we never had extra money, and we never did that, and, and so I, I didn't imagine that was going to happen, and here my dad drove into the parking lot, and there before me were roller coasters and wing dings and spinnerets, and, and there was the Ferris wheel. I always wanted to ride a Ferris wheel. I'd never been on a Ferris wheel. And I, I, I couldn't believe, Dad, we're going in there. That's where we're going, baby. We're going to spend the day. I, could, I couldn't believe it. We got out of the car and we, we ran into the little gate there. And, and, of course, my dad now, you know, I'm, I'm a little older. I'm six years old. My, you can do the math. My dad was 47 when I was born. He couldn't keep up with me. My adrenaline racing with my ADHD combined and I'm 50 steps ahead of him and he's hollering at me to slow down. I ran straight for the Ferris wheel. I ran straight for the Ferris wheel. I got in the line. There was a big long line. And and I I said, Dad, I'm going to ride that. Come on, Dad. We're going to ride that. My dad finally caught up. And the line is moving very slowly. And, and I'm thinking, man, it's going to take a long time to get on there. But I'm going to ride that with my dad, just me and my dad. And my dad said, we can't get on that now. Come with me. He grabbed my little hand and squeezed it real hard. And he drugged me past that Ferris wheel. And we were going clear across the the little roadway there to a little white house. It was a little tiny white house. My dad said, we have to go over here. I said, Dad, I don't want to go to the little tiny white house. I'm going to go ride the rides. He said, we have to go over here. Adults don't make a lot of sense sometimes. We got in another big long line at that little tiny white house. And as we got closer and closer to the little house, I could see in the window. And inside the window, there was a man sitting there that looked like he hated children. They all looked like that at those places. I thought, why is my dad getting me away from the rides and the fun stuff and taking me to that window to that old man that doesn't like children. My dad said, you come on. Stay right here with me. Quit swinging on the handrail. Quit running around. Get up here with... Finally, it was our turn. We stepped up to the window and the man said, how can I help you? And my dad took out his wallet. We never had very much money. And I'd seen my daddy do this before. He opened up his wallet and he took out all the money he had. And he laid it on the counter. And he said, I'd like to get as many tickets as I can get for this money. My dad put his empty wallet back in his pocket. And I watched that older gentleman... As he pulled out tickets and he began to count them and he counted my daddy's money and then he pulled off some tickets and he handed them 
to my dad. He said, here you go, sir. Have a wonderful day. My dad took those tickets and folded them up. And I said, can I hold them? No, you can't hold them. They're valuable. Put them in his shirt pocket. Now, come on. My daddy walked me all the way back to the Ferris wheel where we stood in line. I began to understand as I watched every boy and girl, every mom and dad that walked up there before they got on that ride, the man put out his hand and said, I need your ticket, please. My dad knew something I didn't know. You can't ride without a ticket. And certainly if it's important to have a ticket to ride the Ferris wheel, it's even more important today for every man, woman, and child to understand there's something getting ready to take place. The rapture of the church. Jesus is getting ready to come back. And if you don't have a ticket, you're not going on that final ride through the sky. The Bible says you must be born of water and of spirit. And if you're sitting here today and you haven't done that, today's the day. Don't put it off. You got to get a ticket. Oh, hallelujah. I begin to understand that my daddy loved me. That's why he wanted to spend the day with me. My daddy knew just what to do when he walked me to that little house. And when he walked me to that little house, it was so easy. I didn't have to do anything but just walk to the little house because my daddy took out his wallet. And he laid everything he had on that counter, all of his money, to buy me a ticket. You have a Savior, a Heavenly Father today that has made it so easy. All you've got to do is walk to this altar. Oh, yes, it's just like walking to the ticket booth. It's so simple. He doesn't require much of you because he's already gave it all. He opened his wallet on Calvary and laid down his life. He paid for your tickets. Why would anybody pick up their purse and Bible and coat and go home? Anybody. <laughs> when your ticket's free. I've seen a 91-year-old man walk to the altar and get his ticket. Just a while back, an 89-year-old man never heard this gospel and was driving past the church and a voice said, Go in that church. And when the altar call was given, he just walked to the ticket booth. He tapped me on the shoulder. I was, I was up at the front. He tapped me. I turned around and I said, yes, sir. He said, um, where can I get my ticket? Could, could they take me and baptize me now? 89 years old. He never heard this gospel. 
I said, yes, sir. You're getting ready to get your ticket. They took him up to the water, put him down in Jesus' name. He came up out of the water speaking with other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. Just a couple months back. Don't make it so hard. It's already been paid for. But what if Jesus comes today? Do you have your ticket? Because you're not going to heaven without it. You're not going to heaven without a ticket. Now, I got my ticket. Yeah, I got my ticket that day to ride. I'll tell you more about that tonight. But on a Sunday morning, when I was nine years old, sitting in my Sunday school class, my teacher, Sister Betty, would meet me at the door. Sister Betty knew that I could not control myself. So she took her big puffy hand and grabbed my hand when I entered Sunday school. And she squeezed. And she drugged me from place to place. I was her favorite kid. She never let me go. Because if she let me go, I ended up in the Sunday school superintendent's office watching him count money. I said, Sister Betty, what are we going to do today? She said, we're going in the sanctuary. There's a special speaker today. I said, I don't want to go in there. I want to glue cotton balls on a lamb. I want to have cookies. I don't want to go in the big church. She said, we're going in there today. We're going to sit on the front row. But we have to put our back up against the back of the seat with our legs hanging down. We have to be quiet in there. She said, and that's what you're going to do. Oh, I was terrified. When Sister Betty lined us up and we walked up that middle aisle, I was going to have to pass my mother. My daddy didn't come to church. My dad didn't have a ticket yet. Sometimes my daddy drank. I can remember being afraid of him. He was a hard worker. He was my hero. He was my best friend. But my daddy was a sinner. But my mom brought us to church. My mom was very strict. And my mom would be sitting about right here. And when they walked us in the sanctuary, in a nice straight line with Sister Betty dragging me behind her, I decided I am not looking at my mother. I'm not. And no matter how hard you try, let me teach you something. When babies are born, they have magnets in their head. Not maggots, those are worms. Magnets, like refrigerator magnets. And the other end of the magnet is in your mother's head. And so when you're trying not to look at your mother, this is what happens. The magnet sucks you. The magnet sucked me right to my mother. And there she was with the bulging eyes, the flaring nostrils, fire coming out of her mouth. And the look said it all. She didn't have to say a word. The look said it all. You better be good or I will kill you when I get you home. People were very mean to children back then. So I was sitting on the end of the front row. 
And I knew my mother would kill me, so I was trying to be very, very good. Good old-fashioned discipline, hint, hint, nod, nod. I was, I was being very good because I didn't want to be killed. And I was trying to listen. And I was counting the lights in the ceiling and the ceiling tiles. Most of you know how many there are. And the preacher came in. And when the preacher came in that side door and he walked across the platform and that preacher sat down, he sat down in two and a half folding chairs. He was as big as he was tall. And I know my mom was terrified that I was going to say, Look at him! But I didn't. But I remember when I laid eyes on Billy Cole for the first time. Something happened to a little girl. I thought, man, is that Jesus? Look at him smile. Listen to him laugh. He laughed a lot. When Billy Cole talked, I thought that must, that must be Jesus talking. And I got real quiet and I began to listen so good. And on a Sunday morning, Billy Cole, in, in the way that only he could, had a Holy Ghost service and he told us how, in his way, to get a ticket. I remember understanding that I'm just a little nine-year-old girl, but I'm not ready for heaven. I don't have a ticket. If Jesus came today, I'm not ready. I remember that feeling. You're not going to heaven because your mom and daddy are going. You're not going because you're dressed pretty. You're not going to heaven because you come to church every Sunday. You got to have a ticket. And if you don't have a ticket, you're not going. I remember I felt fear. We, we're so down on the whole fear thing. The Bible says to fear God, reverence Him. We ought to be afraid of missing heaven. I remember I was afraid. I got to get a ticket because I'm going to miss heaven. And so on a Sunday morning, sitting on the end of the front seat, I began to cry. Let me tell you something. You prayed really good this morning, children, adults. But we've lost something. I'm afraid where we're not tender towards the Lord. I've watched children for 25 years. I used to just begin to tell my story and they would just begin to weep. And now the tears have dried up because we're so desensitized to a story. Because there's so much media. Because there's so much molestation of the mind that we've lost the tenderness towards the Lord. He loves your tears. And it's always okay to cry when you pray. And when you think about Jesus hanging on that cross with nails in his hands, you picture that in your mind and you let those tears come. And you ask Jesus to forgive you. Even big strong men cry when they pray. Don't ever be ashamed of your tears. I was weeping and crying and I didn't really know how to pray. I just said, Jesus, I'm so sorry for the bad things I've done. I know I have a dirty heart. And I don't want to go to hell. I want to go to heaven with you. 
please forgive me. That was good enough. Doesn't matter how you say it. I remember the minute I asked Jesus to forgive me. I gave Jesus permission to go into my heart. He won't go in there until you invite him. Every one of us ought to make sure today that we have a clean heart. You're not going to heaven with a dirty heart. Living a repentant life. I'm sorry, Jesus. And you know what I found out? Jesus is not like everybody else. We think Jesus is like everybody else we know. Because you and I are real hard on each other. If I show you what's in my heart or you show me, we'd be like, "Mm, you did all that. You better cry a little while longer. Better cry a couple weeks for that one. How come you did that that many times? We're hard on each other, but not Jesus. The minute you tell him you are sorry and you mean it and you're going to try not to do it anymore, and you're going to turn your life over to him that very moment with one sweep of his hand he cleans out your heart it feels so wonderful to have a clean heart (laughs) hallelujah hallelujah I'm sorry pastor I made a big mess on the floor but sin makes a mess sin makes a mess of your life And once you have repented of your sins, you need to be baptized in Jesus' name. The pastor needs to take you down under the water and say, in Jesus' name. If you have been baptized any other way today, you're not sure if they said in Jesus' name. If you weren't put completely under the water, you need to do it again. Don't be so proud. You say, well, I'm going to do it the way my family's done it. Your family's accountable for what the way they did it. But you're accountable for you. And your children. And your grandchildren. So you go ahead and let pastor baptize you again if you're not sure they said in Jesus' name. When you're baptized in Jesus' name, that disappears. That disappears when you're baptized. It covers it all. I sat on the end of that front row and I was weeping and I dried my tears and I began to say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for cleaning out my heart. Guess what? I wasn't even asking for the Holy Ghost. We teach people that they need to come to the altar and say, oh, Jesus, please give me the Holy Ghost. That they need to seek for it, even beg for it. An old-fashioned word, tarry for it. It's a gift. And in the innocence of a little child, I didn't know all those words. I was just loving Jesus. You want the Holy Ghost today? It's so easy. All you have to do is get your heart cleaned out and start loving Jesus. I was just loving him. I was just saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for a clean heart. Thank you that you love me. Thank you that you died on the cross for me. And all of a sudden, my lip and tongue started wiggling. Hallelujah. I didn't have five people holding my arms up and rocking me. I didn't have anybody talking in tongues in my face and spitting in my ear. It's a gift. 
It's not hard to receive a gift. You teach people to just love Jesus, to worship Jesus, and they'll receive the Holy Ghost. Sitting on the end of that front row, all of a sudden my lip and tongue started wiggling. And I didn't know what it was doing. The Bible calls that stammering lips. Stammering lips is not the Holy Ghost. Stammering lips is your mouth getting ready for the Holy Ghost. When your lip starts wiggling like that, then strange words come to your mind that you've never said before. That was happening to me. I was only nine. And the devil said in my ear, in my mind, you're making those up. That's too easy. You're just a little kid. You're not really getting the Holy Ghost. Your words don't sound right. Oh, those are the things he tells everybody. And you make the choice to move your mouth and let those words out of your mouth. He won't force them out. You move your own mouth and you let them right out. Sitting on the end of that front seat, all of a sudden, a gigantic hand came down upon my head. And Brother Billy Cole said in my ear, that is the Holy Ghost. Speak it out. And I opened my mouth and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit filled me that day. On that Sunday morning, my heart was filled with Jesus. I was nine years old. And I believe that when Brother Billy Cole put his hand on the little chubby, freckle-faced girl, there was impartation. Because <laughs> I've never been the same. And I have tried through the years to impart to others. You see, he takes away your old stony heart and gives you a new heart. You won't go to heaven without your new heart. Now, what I'd like to happen now is someone just to come to the keyboard. Nobody else come yet because then everybody gets distracted, especially me. I'm doing this because I want to give you hope. I'm almost finished. But I got to tell you one more thing. When I got the Holy Ghost, I wanted to tell everybody. I couldn't wait to tell my daddy. My dad was at home sitting in the recliner watching television. He wouldn't come to church with us. And when he did, we we were kind of upset that he did because he yelled all the way home in the car. Because my dad didn't believe this way. My dad was first elder in the Christ and Christian Union Church. And he baptized hundreds of people in the titles. And he was too proud to say, I see something different here in the word. It made him bitter and angry. And my mom at that point had prayed for him for 18 years. So I ran in the house and I jumped up on the recliner and the arm of that recliner had a place hollowed out where I sat with my arm around my daddy's neck. I was daddy's little girl. Dad, you won't believe what happened today at church. We all got to go in the big church. There was a special preacher there. Daddy, I I prayed and I cried and I asked Jesus to clean out my heart. And daddy, I got the Holy Ghost. 
I spoke in tongues. My dad wasn't smiling. Sit back. He said, get over there and sit on the couch. I climbed down off the arm of the recliner and I went over and sat on the couch. I said, can I go now? No, you sit right there. My dad started turning the channels on the television. It seemed like it took a long time. Finally, he found some world news. He said, you hear that man on the news? The man was talking in another language. German or French or Spanish. A language he knew. My dad said, you hear that man speaking in another language? Yes, sir. My dad said, you don't know another language. You didn't speak in another language. He said, they just got you all worked up. You crying. You don't even know what you did. And I don't want to hear any more about you talking in tongues in this house. I remember for just, just a second, I thought, well, that's my daddy. He would never lie to me. See, people that don't have the Holy Ghost, they don't understand it. But when you have it, you know you've got it. And I remember that anointing that began to flow in a little girl, nine years old. I stood as tall as I could and I said, Daddy, I love you. You're my best friend. But Daddy, this time you're wrong. Jesus filled me with the Holy Ghost and I spoke in tongues, Daddy. And I'm going to pray until you get the Holy Ghost. We need to witness to our families before it's too late. Let the Holy Ghost boldness get on you today. Knock on your neighbor's door and say, I should have done this a long time ago, but I just want to ask you, are you ready if Jesus comes? Why are we so worried about what people think? If we really believe they're not going to heaven, we'd get busy. I remember the look on my dad's face and I just ran up that hallway to my little bedroom and I threw myself across the bed and I said, Jesus, please save my daddy. For three months, every day, I went into my room after school and knelt down by my bed. Just a little short prayer. Jesus, please save my daddy. I remember my dad didn't want me around. Daddy, can I go to the store with you? No, you stay home with your mother. Daddy, can I go in the garage and nail nails into boards? No, you go out and play, ride your bike. I remember going to Mama and saying, Mom, why doesn't Daddy love me since I got the Holy Ghost? My mom taught me something. A new word. Conviction. Your daddy's under conviction. What's that mean, Mom? That means he's miserable because he knows he needs the Holy Ghost. He's miserable. That's a good thing. You got family that's miserable? They don't want to come around? They're under conviction. You've got kids talking back and, and don't want to come around you and hear you? It's conviction. 
There's people in this building under conviction. We shouldn't have church without old-fashioned conviction. Because conviction works on people. Instead of running that way, they run to the ticket booth. Hallelujah. I'm glad my mama taught me that word. Because I just kept praying. And on Sunday morning, three months after I got the Holy Ghost, I was in my class and guess what? I was learning to behave. The Holy Ghost helps you sit still. Helps you with your self-control. Sister Betty didn't have to squeeze my hand all the time now. I was being good. So I was so shocked when the teacher opened the door. She had left the room for a few minutes and was towards the end of class. She opened the door and she said, come here to me. When somebody does that, this is the best thing to do. It didn't work. She said, I mean you. Come here. I walked to the door and I said, what did I do? She said, come with me. I thought, man, usually I know what I did. I'm following her up that long hallway into the sanctuary. We got about right here, and, and I, I was tugging on her, on her skirt. Hey, what, what, what did I do, ma'am? She said, just follow me. Follow me. We're walking up that aisle, and my heart's just speeding out of my chest because you can't talk yourself out of something if you don't know what you did. We got up here, and, and I was ever so grateful when she turned around with a big smile on her face. She said, now, your mama said to come and get you. You see your mama, she's, she's right over there by the plant. See her flowery skirt? People were in the altar praying. The altar was full. The music was playing. She said, now, say excuse me. Make your way through the people and get up there to your mama. Your mama wanted you. So I was walking through the people. Excuse me. Excuse me, please. People were letting me through. and I finally got up to my mama. Mama. Mama, you wanted me? I'll never forget what she looked like. When she turned and looked down at me, it was the most beautiful smile I'd ever seen. My mama was so careworn all the time. But today her face lit up like an angel's. But at the same time, the tears were pouring down her face she hugged me real close and squeezed me she said oh baby I wanted you to see this she pushed me up into a circle of people that were praying so crowded in the altar and I didn't know what was happening she pushed me up there and I looked around and there were lots of people praying and when I looked up (laughs) there was that shiny black hair Those big old calloused hands. Those big strong shoulders that carried me to my room when I was asleep. My daddy made his way to church on a Sunday morning. He was in the altar speaking with other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. I watched him take my daddy to the tank and baptize him in Jesus' name. He came out shouting.
And the alcohol went down the drain. And he became the best daddy in the whole world. This is the answer for our world today. Get a ticket. You're not going to make that final ride without a ticket. Quit making it so difficult. Just walk right up to the ticket booth. We call it the altar. It's already been bought. Paid for. All you have to do is pick it up. I'm looking at some folks. You're not sure where your ticket is. I threw it in a drawer somewhere. I haven't really been thinking about Jesus coming lately. And the Bible says he's coming back for those who are watching for his appearing. We need to be looking at the sky every day. Don't trade your ticket for entertainment. For some worldly pleasure. Don't compromise and, and trade your ticket so you can fit in with other people. Don't trade your ticket in for an ungodly lifestyle. The hour is late. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. And we must have a ticket. Would you stand? I'm wondering, is there anyone today that you don't have your ticket for heaven? You've never received the gift of the Holy Ghost? You have not been baptized in Jesus' name? Or you're not sure? You think you were, but you're not sure? Today's the day to make sure. This altar is open, and I'd like for the teachers to bring the children and line them across the front. I'd like for some folks that just want to make sure they have a ticket to come in behind them. I'd like these young people over here to come and join us. I'd like to pray for you today. All the youth of this church, you know what? We're all just kids in bigger bodies. All of us. Is there an adult here today that you don't have the Holy Ghost? Please come. We're just going to worship the Lord and the Holy Ghost is going to come upon you. He wants you to have it more than you want it yourself. Now anybody else that wants to gather in, saints, intercessors, gather in. And together we're going to do those four steps. Would you close your eyes? With your eyes closed, Will you think about the part of the story where my daddy took out his wallet and laid all he had on that counter? And would you picture Jesus laying on an old rugged cross as they hammered nails, long spikes into his hands, into his feet? They had whipped him and beat him. The Bible says he didn't even look like a man. And all the while he was thinking about you. He saw this service. He saw the moment that you would give your life to him. 
with your eyes closed, would you raise your face? Because he doesn't want you to hang your head in shame. Be ashamed of what you've done. He wants to look into your beautiful face he created and into your heart. You're doing great. The next step is to lift your hands and just keep them in your own space, children. Try not to touch your neighbor. You can move forward a little bit to get away from your neighbor because you have to stand before Jesus all by yourself. And if you're uncomfortable raising your hands, think of it as a little child wants mommy to hold, daddy to hold her or him. You reach your hands up and say, Jesus, will you hold me? He's the comforter today. The last step is to use your voice. Ask Jesus to clean out your heart. Ask him to forgive you for your sins. Tell him you're going to try not to do those things anymore. Come on, use your voice. You're, you're doing all the steps really good. Now do that last one. Church, let's do it all together, Lord. I'm so sorry if there's anything in my heart that's not right. Please forgive me. Please clean out my heart. Once you have repented, now begin to thank Him for it. And as you begin to thank Him, the Holy Ghost will come upon you. Church, pray. Come on, we need some intercessors right now. Somebody step in the gap right now for somebody else. Get in the Spirit right now. That's it. The Holy Ghost has fallen on our young people. Come on, don't go away without your ticket today. like for you to stop if you will and look this way this may seem a little odd to some of you but the Lord has over the years trained me and taught me when it is time to draw things to a close and I'll tell you why because the Holy Ghost is a gift you don't have to get good to get it And I don't ever want one child to walk away from an altar saying, my nose is stopped up, my arms are hurting, my legs are aching, my voice is gone. I don't ever want to do that again. We have made it a bad experience for some folks because I've prayed through too many 40, 50, 60-year-olds that had just that experience. I don't want that to happen to people. It's a gift. 
And not everybody receives it the same way. I jumped and hopped and skipped and ran when I got the Holy Ghost because that's my nature. There's some of these precious young'uns that are shy. There are adults that are shy. When they receive the Holy Ghost, they speak in tongues, but they speak quietly sometimes. That's okay. It's a gift, and it grows. When I received the Holy Ghost, I said one or two words, syllables, over and over. I'm so glad I didn't have someone that spoke into my life that said that wasn't quite enough because it didn't sound like me or somebody else because it grew. I don't talk in tongues now like I did then because it grew as I grew. Now, I think it's important for the church to realize you're working, you're planting, you're watering. That's a revival church. God gives the increase. Is there anyone today that repented of your sins? Would you raise your hand if you asked Jesus to clean out your heart today? That's the first step towards the ticket booth. You can't go to heaven without repentance. It's funny. I never hear about pastors calling a neighboring pastor and say, guess what? We had 30 repent today. But it's essential. Is there anyone that you have decided, I have got to be baptized in Jesus' name? And you are going to plan that. You're going to talk to your pastor, your parent. If you're a child, raise your hand. I want to see your hands. This young lady right back here wants to be baptized in Jesus' name. The revelation today. We're going to get that plan. I'd love to see it tonight. I'd love to see you this morning or tonight. Anybody else? Children, is there anybody that realizes you need to be baptized? This little boy has been really broken up today. He's done real repentance, this little guy right here. He doesn't want to stop praying. That's Jesus moving on him. Anybody else that you're ready to be baptized in Jesus' name, wave your hand so your pastor can see you. Any other adults? Okay. Is there anyone that you already had the Holy Ghost, but you got your ticket out and made sure today that it's right, it's ready? You got a refilling. Wave your hand if you got a refilling. You spoke in tongues again today. Wave your hand high. Hallelujah. Now, is there anybody that got the Holy Ghost? You received it for the very first time. You heard yourself say strange words that you never said before. Anybody. Children, look up here at my face. Some of you are not paying attention. Look up here. Did you already have the Holy Ghost? You got your refilling? Was that your first time? Did you get a refilling today? Did you get a refilling tonight? Do you already have the Holy Ghost, both of you boys? You already have it. Do you have it, sir? Because your mouth was just a wiggling and the Lord spoke to me. You're going to preach the gospel. You need the Holy Ghost right away. Anybody else? that got the Holy Ghost today, your very first time, I'm not going to make you do anything. I'm not going to make you say anything. All right. Now listen, we're going to be back tonight with part two. Everybody say part two. two. You don't want to miss part two, do you? We're going to have a grand time. But I wonder if while we're thanking the Lord for what he's done, if this little fellow right here won't raise his hands, I believe the Lord wants to fill him right now. Brother Oliver, where are you? Somebody get over here to this little guy right here. Because the Holy Ghost was all over him. He had stammering lips. Did you talk in tongues today? Look at my face. I'm not going to make you do anything. She's very shy and quiet. Did you hear her today? Yeah, I did too. Okay, so there's two witnesses there to it. It's okay, baby. We're not going to make you do anything. 
Lift your hands, all three of you right there. Lift your hands. Close your eyes. Church, as we're thanking the Lord, let's thank him for what he's getting ready to do right here. These two boys right here, Brother Oliver. Let Brother Oliver in there, please. Right there, the gift of faith in operation. In the name of Jesus, receive ye the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus, receive ye the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus, receive ye the Holy Ghost. Right here, right here. In the name of Jesus, receive. There it is, right there, right there. In the name of Jesus, receive ye the Holy Ghost. Move your mouth, right there, right there. Yes, that's a Holy Ghost moving on that boy. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank the Lord for revival.